May HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveal the building of the Beit HaMikdash speedily and soon in our days. And may He reveal Menachem, our comforter, Shiloh, our refuge, Yinon, the one who endures forever, Hanina, the gracious one, or Hanina, Slika, the gracious one. The one who overflows in life-giving energy for us. And yes, I am speaking of Mashiach. Mem, Sheen, Yod, Chet. And with these letters you have Menachem, you have Shiloh, you have Yinon, and you have Hanina. These are the different names of the Mashiach. And today we have reached Erev. Tisha B'Av, the day before Tisha B'Av, the day before the ninth of Av. So yes, that is the 8th of Av, a.k.a. Chet B'Av. Bezrat Hashem, Chet Be'Manachem Av. May it be so that we merit to call these first nine days of Av, Menachem Av. And according to Chazal, according to the book of our heritage it brings down that we refer to Av as Menachem Av after we experience Tisha B'Av. So from this point on especially with Shabbat Nachamu coming up this week that uh, we look forward to healing, rebuilding, and being built up and heading into more and more consolation there will be seven weeks of Haftarot, uh, of consolation that we will get to study and read. So Bezrat Hashem, may resurrection, redemption happen soon. And I pray that the letters that we've counted thus far and that we've studied and meditated on each day, that it has been changing, transforming, life-changing, renewal to the universe as we have been building through the Hebrew letters and uh, bringing more light into the world by doing so. So to each of you who have been playing these podcasts, Todah Rabbah to you and Bezrat Hashem, they merit uh, much in, in the higher worlds and in this world as well. So from the wisdom in the Hebrew Aleph Bet, it speaks about the letter Bet, which is duality. It says, its gematria of two symbolizes our world since everything earthly is embedded in plurality. Absolute oneness prevails only with the divine. So here we go. Divine Mashiach. Oneness. This is why understanding that Mashiach is not to be considered a separate entity from Hashem. He is hidden in Hashem. Again, we talked about being the arm of God, the salvation of God. And we read that salvation belongs to Hashem. And uh, even in this week's Parsha Ve'etkanon, we see HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, You saw me at the sea. You saw me at the giving of the Torah. You saw me... Uh, take you from Egypt and you saw me uh, fight many battles for you you saw me surround you with clouds of glory but do not think that there are multiple deities and divinities this is all Echad and I always like to think about the fact that a boy can be a son he can also be a brother he can also be an uncle he can be a dad he can be a grandfather you know he can be a husband. It's the same person, though. You know, and, and so it is understanding and, and principle or concept, if you will. Using that example, that is the principle, that is the concept of trying to uh, approach 
when it says that there's absolute oneness that prevails only with the divine. But yet, we have the letter Bet. And as the Zohar tells us, that each letter is a manifestation of Hashem. So, Selah. It's like uh, Hakadosh Baruchu is absolutely one, even when there's duality. Okay, so you know, uh, reciting the Shema is is super helpful, and and that's also in in Parshavet Kanan the Shema, and we say the word Echad, and there are many things to really uh, glean and learn from that commentary. So I encourage that because that will totally help connect dots on this passage. But I continue on. It says, Thus the sages state, which by the way, when we say the sages, we're saying Chachamim Zeker Livraka. The wise ones, may their memory be blessed. So we're speaking of, you know, Rabbi Meir, we're speaking of Rabbi Gamliel, we're speaking of, you know, uh, Moshe, uh, Eliezer, we're speaking of like all of the prophets and, and, and so on and so forth. Like the ones who gave us what was handed down to Moshe on the mountain. So we're saying those ones who were uh, given the privilege and the ability and not only that but the authority to make mandates empowered by the Torah to do so by the way Parsha Shoftim uh, those individuals made their memory be for a blessing it's a beautiful thing to reflect on the heritage the lineage the history the chain that was unbroken continues to be unbroken by the way because that's why we go back to the sources for everything. If we go back to the sources, the chain is not broken. But if we go away from the sources, the chain is broken. And that's been that's been the the main problem in the world with, you know, the majority of theological thought today. There has been a disconnect from sources. But not anymore. We will bring it into it Bezrat Hashem. So, Chazak, Chazak, Venitazek. So, going on, just to say on the sages, because it says, thus the sages state, all that was created for man's use came in pairs. All, like everything, that was created for man's use came in pairs the Torah which consists of Torah Sheb Katav written Torah Torah Sheb Al Peh oral Torah and it says the mitzvot which we have the positive mitzvot the negative mitzvot 248 positive 365 negative Put that together, that 613 goes on to say, the intermediaries, Moshe and Aharon. So Judaism does teach that there are intermediaries. Not necessarily saying that you need to have an intermediary, but we do have intermediaries. It goes on to say the world, which is heaven and earth, or shall we say Paradise and Alam Hazay goes on to say the luminaries, the sun and the moon, and man, which is male and female. This is from the Midrash May Ha Shiloak. So Shomerman would just like to add to the mix Mashiach. We have two Mashiachs. We have Mashiach Ben Yosef. Mashiach descendant from Joseph, who is the one who is to suffer and die for the sins of the world. And we have the Mashiach ben David, the Mashiach who descends from David, who is the ruling and reigning king. Kol Hator brings down that the two Mashiachs 
are the throne and the Mashiach who sits on the throne. I.e. Mashiach ben Yosef is the throne for Mashiach ben David. So one of the missing links, especially today, as we understand Torah, is if we do not recognize, if we do not embrace or accept Mashiach ben Yosef, then everything is a loss for Mashiach ben David because he has no throne, first of all, and Mashiach ben Yosef precedes Mashiach ben David. So if the preceding work has not been done or is not paid attention to, there's no awareness of it, then we're looking at the cart before the horse, which technically you could do, but as far as the euphemism is concerned, uh, yeah, it's not, not a good plan, to say the least. And what I mean by you could do the cart before the horse, it's like, well, you can go ahead and buy yourself a cart, but just know you're not going to be able to use that cart without the horses that that cart was made for. So if you're going to be in the cart and the horses are going to pull the cart, uh, number one, you ain't going to have no horses to pull your cart. So there's that. So you want to make sure you have the horses so that when you have the cart that you can have everything function appropriately. <clears throat> and I must add that Mashiach ben Yosef restarts, if you will, or re uh reenacts reinaugurates would probably be a better way to say it the dynasty of the davidic kingdom so there's that stump of jesse kind of stuff okay so now it says the two torahs sheb katab and sheba al pay says the sheba al pay torah torah sheba al pay is like a detailed commentary to the written Torah. I'm sorry, because many people say the oral Torah adds to the written Torah, but uh, if you really read the oral Torah, you see what it is. It's a detailed commentary to the written Torah. And as you may find, it re recites it quotes it uses as a source the written torah for all of its commentary going on to say which reveals the innermost meaning that is hidden in the written text that's from rabenu bakia shomerman would just like to add this is mashiach yeshua who revealed to us the innermost meaning of the written text so mashiach yeshua being the torah made flesh right so he is his own written oral torah and written torah all at the same time because if you have the torah you have the written and the oral if not you have nothing which obviously we can see two thousand years of track record no written no oral torah written torah only what has happened chaos disaster to say the least or we can just leave it at uh, it's been a mess but if you have the oral torah with the written torah what you have is conversion resurrection jewish living aka get you some so with that being said mashiach yeshua saying things like well you've heard it said you should uh, hate your enemies but I tell you you should love your enemies you should also pray for them so let's just look at that for a second stand by for source Okay, so we're going to go to Matityahu chapter 5, verse 43, but we're going to read it in context, because this is in the, basically, Matan 
turned up Torah, the giving of the turned up Torah. Matthew 5 through 8, at least anyway. Mashiach is on a mountain, just like we were in Shemot chapter 19. And the mountain's on fire because Yeshua is on it. And the voice of Hashem is speaking because Yeshua is speaking. And the Torah is going forth because Yeshua is talking about the Torah. So, you know, Acts chapter 2, Exodus 19, well, Matthew 5 through 8. Um, but obviously, as this is happening here, the drosh from the mountain, if you will, commonly called the Beatitudes, and going into a lot of the you've heard it saids, well, this is a re-giving of the Torah. But it's actually going to the innermost uh, insights, the innermost meaning, commentaries. Just like we said that the oral Torah does. The oral Torah gives us this. And it's interesting that Mashiach ben Yosef is doing what the oral Torah is supposed to do because, as we learned from so many sources, that the oral Torah is considered to be the chariot of Yosef. I.e., Yosef is the chariot of the oral Torah. So, therefore, if we're talking oral Torah, we're talking Yosef. Which means, through Yosef, there's the deciphering the inner meanings of Torah elucidated for us illuminated brought to life expounded upon if you will and this comes from what is Yosef called by Paro and Parshamikates Zaphonat Paneach the decipherer of the hidden the decoder, if you will. And he says that this man has the spirit of God upon him and he has the ability to do all this stuff. So anyway, just a little swerve without announcing it, but that's what we just did. So in Matityahu chapter five, verse 43, it says, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray, not just your enemy, your enemies, plural. Everybody, all your people that dislike you, all of your fans in denial, you need to love them just like you would love your neighbor, which is the Shema. It goes on to say, and pray for those who persecute you. Okay, so that's pretty intense. But uh, footnote says, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully accuse you and persecute you. Welcome to the letter bet, everyone. I bet we didn't expect... I bet we did not expect everything to be as intense as it was going to be. As seemingly we've gotten closer to the letter Aleph in our Bain Hametzrim series, uh, it's like, whoa, on uh, the get you some introspection. So now, going forth, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. Now, if we hold on verse 45 and we go back to who will be called sons of God, who is our father in heaven, right? Children of God, to quote from Devarim, I believe chapter 14, verse one, but don't want to go there right now. Just want to point out that verse 8 in chapter 5 says, Blessed, oh no, no, verse 9, Sika. Blessed are the peacemakers, the Ose Shalom. As we say, Ose Shalom bin Ramav, he who makes peace in his heights. Ose, or he who makes peace in his heights. Ose Shalom Aleinu, may he make peace upon us. Ve'alko Yisrael, and upon all Yisrael. Vimru, Amen. 
So those people who are the Osei Shalom, and it's interesting that we bow to the left, then we bow to the right, then we bow to the center. What letter have we just made with our bodies? The letter Sheen. So we're standing on a Sheen, which is representative of Shaddai, representative of Memtet, and representative of Mashiach because the gematria of the letter Sheen itself is actually 358. So there's all of that. And so you have made a Sheen of yourself and of the space that you inhabit, like a mezuzah. And Bezrah Hashem Shema Yisrael is impressed and engraved in our very existence as we pray. So that when we do Osei Shalom Bim Ramav, Hu Yaase Shalom Aleinu Ve'alkol Yisrael Bim Ramein, we literally are stamping a Shema into creation. The Sheen is the first letter of Shema. By the way, the greatest of the commandments. So, going on to say that these people, they're the ones who are called sons of God. And then we find out here that when we are loving our enemies, praying for those who persecute us, and those who spitefully accuse us and persecute us praying for those people doing good to those who hate us now we're called sons of God which I think is just very amazing because does not God do that to mankind anyway the righteous and the the righteous and the wicked get the rain you know and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always ready and willing to do kindness and he will reward us for our deeds. Good or bad. So there's that. So for us to be imitators of God is a very, very tough and challenging thing. So I thought Gimel was tough and it's been a very, very tough Gimel day. But uh, Baruch Hashem now the letter bet wow okay so says he causes oh here's that verse he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous if you love those who love you what reward will you get do not even tax collectors do the same that's basically the equivalent of saying do not even drug dealers and uh, I don't know uh, gangsters, mobsters, mafia people do they not love those who love them? Okay, is that really going to be your standard basically is what this is saying? No. Tax collectors, I mean you'd rather meet a bear is literally how commentary puts it. You don't want a tax collector showing up to you. For those of us who have experienced tax collector and tax calls and all that kind of stuff these days, we, we don't like that. Well, this is the dumbed down version that we're experiencing today. First century was a whole lot worse. But I digress. Verse 47. And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do the same thing. Verse 48. This is where it gets even more turned up. Be shalem. Be complete. English says be perfect. But shalem. Be perfect. Be complete. Therefore in or as your heavenly father is shalom. Perfect. So that's our task. Our task is to be people who make shalom in the world. And the task of making shalom is pretty intense. The one who was given the covenant of shalom is Pincus from Parsha Balak. Where he had to do something that was self-sacrificing. Namely slaying Zimri and Cosby. And through that act... 
he was given the covenant of shalom everlasting he also made everlasting atonement for israel so basically what this is pointing out is that when we're going to do this thing right here that we're learning the inner dimension of loving your neighbor and hating your enemy well it's going to take self-sacrifice this is really one of the benefits of reading the passage of the Akedah every day as we begin our morning prayers in the Siddur. If we ourselves cannot be an Akedah, we cannot expect to lay down our lives and serve HaKadosh Baruchu, nor the world for that fact. So HaKadosh Baruchu asks that you help us to do so. Strengthen us. Grant us the Chazak. Imbue us with the letter Bet and engrave it into our hearts and engrave it into our very existence that we may build your temple and make shalom in the world. Kenya Hiraton. So it goes on to say back in the wisdom of the Hebrew Aleph Bet, I just wanted to share a couple of things because there was so much stuff. It says the Talmud teaches that the Holy One blesses he established a covenant with Yisrael only on the basis of the Torah Sheba al Pei, the oral Torah. As scripture reads, for on the basis of these words have I established a covenant with you and with Yisrael. Shemot, Exodus 34:27. That's key because again if you have not the oral torah you don't have anything just like if you don't have mashiach ben yosef you don't have mashiach so kind of awkward but you know we have to deal with that goes on to say god presented the ten commandments to israel engraved on the shanae lukot haedut the two tablets of testimony which, by the way, is um, Shela. Okay, so if you've ever heard of Shnei Lukot Habrit, um, there's, that's a Jewish source. But Shela, the Hebrew word there is in there. And I need to look this up real quick. So if you'll give me a moment, because I want to make sure I'm accurate. Here as I talk about Shela. Sheen Lamed Hay. Here we go. In the Targum. Shela means to hang down. Oh, that, that escalated quickly. You know, like the way Mashiach hung down from the crucifixion stake. Anyway, um, you know, the letter noon, the way it hangs down below the line, and the way the kuf does, Sadi Sophie, you know, things like that. It also says to end and complete. Again, we're looking at Shayla. So, yeah, the tablets hanging down, the uh, spirit of Hashem hanging down, hovering on the waters, and things like that. Goes on to say, to end and complete. So again, that word, be complete, as your Father in heaven is complete. And also means to be at ease. Like, take my yoke upon you, my burden is light, my yoke is easy. That's what Mashiach says. So either he is lying, chasve shalom, or we just haven't, uh, really taking that upon ourselves pun intended so it says that was from Shemot 31 18 about the two tablets of testimony one tablet contained five commandments governing man's duties towards God and the second tablet contained five delineating hu interhuman obligations the word Shanae two indicates that the two that the tablets were equal to each other in every way here it is everybody why is the greatest commandment and the one that is like it really not a new commandment it's really the same commandment because the two tablets are equal 
the laws that govern our relationship with Hashem, aka love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, all your resources, is the same as love your neighbor as you love yourself. Because the second tablet was like the first tablet, even though the second tablet was about interhuman obligations, while the first tablet was like man's duties towards God. So there's that. Goes on to say that they were equal to each other in every way. Not just a few things, but every way. This is why... If we understand serving God, if we understand serving our fellow man, that there is no distinct, there is no dichotomy, no uh, conflict with that. And this is also why Yochanan would say, how can you say you love God who you can't see, but yet you hate your brother who you can see? This is how the two tablets work. So it says physically. The tablets were the same size and weight. Spiritually, they correspond to each other and are of equal importance. They are the halves and constitute a whole only in combination. Combination. This is why we pray, we serve Hashem, we study Torah, and then we go to work or we go to the store. Or we go be with our friends and family. You like any of those things, not in any particular order. But yeah, two tablets. So there's that. And then it says they correspond to each other and are of equal importance. There have that constitute a whole only in combination as applied by the Torah's defective spelling of Lukot, which is the word for tablets. It says this word is missing the Vav, which would make it plural. Okay, so we know that the Vav is man, the Vav is Mashiach, there's two Mashiachs, but there's really one Mashiach. The way you spell Vav is Vav Vav, which is two Vavs, but it's really talking about one Vav. Now we got the two tablets, which are one tablet, but the way you say tablets would be Lukot with a Vav in it, but we take the Vav out of Lukot just so we know there's no plurality here. There's only one tablet, even though there's two. I know you see two, but there's only one. And when you put them in the ark, you can't tell that there's two tablets in there anyway. I mean, you probably could, but when they fit in the ark, they're literally together combined. Which is why when you think about the ark, the throne of Hashem, the covenant of God, and all of that, the two tablets are unified in that covenant. Like, I don't know, like the way a man and a woman are unified in covenant. Or, you know, the way that the oral Torah and the written Torah are unified in Torah. HaKadosh Baruchu and his Mashiach are unified in Hashem Echad. Because, yes, the Kehotumash brings down about how Hashem can be Echad, even though you can kind of look at his aspects of divinity or manifestations, if you will. There's a lot there, uh, and I don't remember if I talked about it on my podcast or not, but just know that, and Baruch Hashem. Because you would think, if we're talking about Hashem and his Mashiach, like, why is it Hashem and? And it's like, well, take the Vav out. It sounds plural, but it's not. <laughs> just like Lukot, we spell it plural, but we take the Vav out. And it says, as if it were meant to be pronounced Lukat, which is one tablet. So, just going to read this next part, just because it caught my eye. As the tablets formed one single unit, when they were placed together, just I just tried to terribly talk about this, but here it is in a very pretty way. Thank you, Rabbi Hirsch says one single physical unit when they're placed together so both together constitute the one divine law rabbi hirsch just dropped it uh so 
the law is divine. So if the law is going to be made flesh, that flesh has now become divine. I know that probably goes against lots of theologies, but uh, I mean, what are you going to do with that? Just saying, have to know that we can't really comprehend and fit all this together in a box and just kind of dismiss it or just run with it. So what do we know? What do we know? Letters of light brings down, as I should say on a lighter note, the gematria of bet is two. Two represents duality and plurality. Everything in creation was created in pairs. Am I hearing an echo in here? Man and woman, male and female. This bifurcation informs us that we are not God. Only God can be one. I'm sorry, because many people think that they're high and mighty, divine, and all that bag of chips and the bag and the chip company and the truck that shipped the chips. Uh, but the only problem with that is you're just a man, or if it's a woman that thinks like that, you're just a woman, which means that you are only half. So if you want to claim divinity, you're only half divinity at best, even though that's Meshuggah to even go there. But just saying, might want to think about this because it says only God can be one, but for mankind to create to reproduce two are required think about that for a second because with Hashem who is one he created the whole entire universe just just one just him ain't no Milvado as we have been talking about but yet for us we need help even if a woman wants to have a child without a man she still needs help of something from the man so that gets even more crazy. It says, but for mankind to create, reproduce, two are required. That also represents the level of intellect in contrast to the Aleph, which represents faith. Okay. The commentaries on the Torah. Which commentaries on the Torah? Lakute Sikot, volume 15, page 1. Why? Does the Torah begin with the letter Bet instead of an Aleph? Particularly when the Zohar states that the Aleph is the holiest letters, is the holiest letter, Slika, because it is the first letter in the order of the Aleph Bet. It's holy because it's first. The holiest one, in fact. Well, it says the Rebbe gives the following explanation. When a person reads the beginning of the Torah, he wonders... Why does the Torah begin with a bet? The second letter of the Aleph bet. Why doesn't the Torah begin with the letter Aleph? And the answer unfolds as follows. Yermiyahu chapter 9, 11 through 12. But first, I would just like to insert that when the Torah was given, it started with an Aleph. So there's that. You know, Anoki. I wrote myself down and gave it to you. So that's that. Okay, so back to Yermiyahu though. It says the question is asked, why was the ha- why was the land of Israel destroyed? God answers because the Jewish people have forsaken my Torah. The Talmud Nedarim 81a in count or counters, what do you mean they didn't learn Torah? The Jewish people were constantly studying the Torah. The Talmud thus deduces that the reason the land was destroyed was that the Jews did not make a bracha, which starts with a bet, before they began to study the Torah. What is the bracha over the Torah? Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who has chosen us out of all the nations of the world and given us his Torah, i.e., not a man-made Torah, Because again, you got to think about when Mashiach was brought into the womb of Miriam. Wasn't man-made. Just like the Torah wasn't man-made. Anyway, it says, but dictated by God. 
you know, like through the Ruach HaKodesh or something, just like the way the Ruach HaKodesh came up on Miriam. He spoke, if you will, the voice hovered over the waters of her womb, which Miriam is related to the word for waters, Maim. So remember that one time in Parsha Behaloteca, we came to this place where there was a spring of water and we said the water is bitter. What got put into the water? A tree of life. And what did the tree of life do? Sweeten the waters. Miriam, mother of Mashiach, whose name means bitter waters. The Ruach HaKodesh comes upon her and places the tree of life within her. And what overflows from her womb? Sweet living water, i.e. Yeshua, who we come to to draw water with joy from the wellsprings of salvation. So this source, though, Letters of Light, says dictated by God to Moshe letter by letter. So the Torah, when it was given to Moshe, was letter by letter, not verse by verse. Not line by line, not precept by precept, but letter by letter. Like, that's even beyond the statement I just said. So there's that. And it says, and as such, true and unchanged for all generations. Blessed are you, God, who gives the Torah. The blessing who gives the Torah was composed in the present tense, emphasizing that the giving of the Torah occurs every day, every day. And since God gives the Torah anew every day, it is relevant to every persona and every generation. Refusing to sing right now because we're in the three weeks. So, Hakadosh Baruchu, I ask that you hear my heart on this and that you build a temple so that we can sing again glorious songs from Shemayim. Look forward to the Levim on the platform. I tell you what. Goes on to say, a person must verbalize this introductory blessing every day before he begins to study Torah. Rabbi Yoel Serkis, not to be confused with circus. It says, also known as the Bach. Seriously, we have our own Bach. Wow. I guess I'll be Bach, is what he probably said when he was explaining things. Just kidding. Terminate that. Okay, so it says, in Bach on Tor Orak Chaim, Chapter 47 says that the purpose of Torah study is to cleave and become one with God through the holiness of his word. Listen, if Mashiach ain't the Torah, I don't know what to tell you, because what that statement just said is literally what Yeshua said about himself. Oh, my goodness. Yochanan chapter 15. I am the vine and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he trims so that it may bear more fruit. Goes on to say, I am verse five. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, I want to shout out Rabbi Mazeltov Shlita, who is the one I lovingly call his name um, that, but his actual name is Rabbi Malit. He's doing a Shir Hasharim series right now, and on his class 10, he brings down that in Bereshit chapter 1, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is talking about the trees. Uh, and it says here, um, da, da, nope, don't sing, sleek ah. Okay, around verse 11. Uh, yep, here it is, verse 11. Bereshit chapter 1, verse 11. Then God said, let the land sprout grass, green plants yielding seed, fruit trees, osepri making fruit 
So eights pre ose pre that phrase right there saying that the trees were actually supposed to taste like the fruit, like the tree itself was edible as well as its fruit. So just thinking about that with being in Mashiach and bearing fruit, like when we're in Mashiach, we become attached in the vine and then like we're fruitful as well as we make fruit like the trees were supposed to be in the beginning. And this is why understanding from Parsha Shof team and the guy who was healed with the mud and the spit by Mashiach. And he said, I see men like trees. Uh, that's why that is the case. But I digress. Goes on to say that we cleave and become one with God through the holiness of his word and thereby cause the Shekinah the divine presence of God to dwell amongst us. So this is why understanding the shaking of Hashem, which by the way, Shekinah is the same gematria as Mitzrayim. I don't know where I read that at, but I thought that was ridiculous. And I thought I'd share that at this time because in Mitzrayim, that's when we were brought forth into the Shekinah because during the 10 plagues, which was likened to the 10 statements of the giving of the Torah and the 10 utterances of creation, we were actually able to be brought out of our impurity to be reconnected and attached with the Shekinah, to bring the Shekinah down to the world. And that culminated at Mount Sinai, which was 50 days later, representing the 50 gates of wisdom that we are 50 gates of understanding that we ascended through from Mitzrayim to Mount Sinai. So we go from Mitzrayim, which is the same Gematria Shekinah, to Shekinah on earth, i.e. at the giving of the Torah. And all of that is because we're talking about cleaving and attaching ourselves to God through his word, which Mashiach is saying, yeah, that's me. If you're cleaving and attaching yourself to me, you're going to cause the Shekinah to come down and dwell among you. And again, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, may they build me a tabernacle so that I may dwell in them, in their midst. Parsha Teruma. So... Mashiach tabernacled among us. Dot, dot, dot. Selah. And finally, Sefer Otiot brings down the letter Bet. Is the second letter. It says, Bayit, or Bait, is a house, which is Bayit. It is of the ground. Because, you know, this one time when God made a house, which, by the way, is the woman, he made it through the man who was taken from the ground. Okay, so it says a house firmly set up on the earth. The dot, which is called a doggish, represents one who lives within. When Yaakov, our father, slept in the wilderness, he was certain that he was alone. But when he awoke, he learned about Bayit, or he learned about Bait. Surely God has been in this place, and I didn't even know it. And so he named the place Bait El. For some reason, I'm seeing Betul in this word. Not really sure why. But uh, Betul is the word for nullification, and you could technically pronounce Beit El as Betul. So, which just means rearrange the letters, substitute the Ta for Tet, and you have the word Tavel. So there's that. And with Beit El, you also have the word Bat Ayil which is daughter of the ram. And remember this ram, that's the one that was offered up as the Akeda. So 
the the daughter the maiden if you will the virgin who is born of the offering of the ram that's Bethel. the house of god is all about bringing forth maidens virgins born again peoples okay so it says a place of man the house of god a place of man became the house of god this is why it's so amazing to understand why it says don't you know that you're the temple of the living god Shaul says that to the people in corinth because he got that from the midrash rabbah parashat that we're called the temple of god it goes on to say god has many houses he has the Beit hamikdash the ancient house of holiness <clears throat> And it goes on to say, the Beit HaKnesset, the house of meeting and prayer. The Beit HaMidrash, the house of searching and studying. By the way, one of my most favorite places. And going on to say, really? So Beit HaMidrash rearranges to house of the blood of Sarah Beit Dom Sarah well that's that's interesting because the life is in the blood right and the life of Sarah yeah that that Torah portion you know where the Akedai and the the bride of the Akedai get buried and bring forth Yaakov so yeah okay the life of Sarah, Kaye Sarah, everything that happens in there. Okay. Beta Midrash, that's searching and studying. Says they all bait, or they are all bait, the house of God. All the letters might fall over, but not a bait. Thinking about Mashiach's word when he says, you build your house on the rock. Storms, tempests will come against it. And be firmly fixed. Okay. So it goes on to say. All the other letters might fall over. But not a bait. See how the base of a bait. Is so close to the earth. The ground. Bend your knees to the ground. And be blessed. Braca. A blessing. And it says, you can walk into a bait and you are at home. The Holy One wants us to be at home in his world. So the Torah begins with a bait, Bereshit. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And may Hakadosh Baruchu help us with the Bereshit to... Fulfilled the Brit Ash, same letters as Bereshit, the covenant of fire, the covenant of the Torah upon the earth. May we be the salt of the earth and not only preserve it, but also flavor it and tovel it and purify it and cleanse it by being people who are fruitful and who make shalom. Hakadosh Baruchu, may our words merit on high. That the letter Bet be established in creation anew unto the revealing of the Beit HaMikdash and Mashiach ben David speedily and soon in our days. Baruch Habab Beshem Adonai.